Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. This is something that the Lord put on my heart just uh, several days ago. And I really, you know, today when I came into the office, I thought, okay, maybe I'll do something else. And uh, I couldn't get away from it, so this is what we're doing. We're going to, we're going to go right to, um, I'm plagiarizing, steps to answered prayer. You know, how many of you have taken the Foundations of Faith study course? Okay. If you haven't, you need to. There are several couple of different subjects, you know, prayer, faith, healing, and the Holy Spirit are the four subjects that are covered in that, all using Brother Hagin's books. And um, it just, it just seemed right that we need to go back over the basics of steps to answered prayer. Because, you know, it's easy to let traditional thinking creep back in. It's easy to let doubt and everything creep back in. Um, the problem here is that so many times when Christians have a failure, what seems to be a failure to, to receive from God, you know, after a while, they get, they get discouraged, disillusioned, even become distrustful of God because, well, he didn't come through. I've had people say that to me before, you know, God, he just, he just, he just didn't come through for me. I go, no, 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 that's not possible. Not, it's not possible. God will always come through for you. If it didn't happen, the fault is not on his end. You cannot pin it on God. There's something on my end that I need to know. I need to know more of. So tonight we're going we're gonna to take this up. And I love the fact that Brother Hagin makes it so simple. You know, um, when, you, when you read these, these steps, I mean, they're not hard. They're very easy. You know, sometimes just the doing of something very easy can get very, we make it hard. And it's really not hard. You know, but it's these, these seven steps are a recipe for success in prayer. You know, I don't know about you, but I, I know just from, you know, being a cook, you know, if, if, I don't, if I don't know exactly how to do something, I need to follow the recipe. And after a while... I've cooked that thing so many times, I don't need the recipe anymore because it's, I got it down pat. Listen, you need to get the prayer recipe down pat. If it's not down pat, get the recipe out and follow the recipe. And you can't leave one thing out and still be successful. You can't put the wrong thing in the recipe and be successful. Salt does not work where sugar is supposed to be. Cornstarch doesn't work where flour is supposed to be. It d- doesn't work. You know, I've got my, my recipe for my peanut butter pie, and there's a lot of steps to that thing. But I know it by heart. I don't even have to have a recipe anymore. But every once in a while, I find myself going, oh, I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot that's how it happens. Yeah, you spend all that time and then you forgot something. Oh my goodness, I can't believe I forgot that. It's just so annoying. Listen, don't have to get annoyed with your prayer life if you follow the recipe. You know, God's not being legalistic 
you know, when he, when he asks us to follow this, what he's doing is he's blocking in stone the answers that you need to find what, you're, what you need, to get what you need. He's locking the devil out. He's already locked himself in. He did that. But he's wanting you to follow exactly the recipe so the enemy has nowhere to get in. He has no access into what you're believing him for. And, uh, you know, we don't need to ever get to get, be the place, get to the place where, where prayer is just a useless waste of time. You know, a lot of people do a lot of praying, and it's a waste of time. If you honestly want to know the truth, it's just they're wasting their time. Because, number one, they're not doing it right. Number two, they don't have any. Well, I'm going to get ahead of myself if I say more, much more. Um, hallelujah. You know, I've, I've seen too many times over, the, over the course of my life where in certain situations people will say, well, all we can do now is pray. All there is left is prayer. Well, my heavens, it should have been the starting place. Not the, not the last resort. That should have been where we started. So that's what we want to do. And so tonight we're just going to talk. And I'm going to tell you, I took all seven steps straight out here. So go, get your, go home and get your book out. Go over them again if you need to after tonight. And if you haven't done this before, I would encourage you to, to start the Foundations of Faith course. Go in the bookstore. Talk to the bookstore attendant. They can get you started. You know, just go at your own pace. You know, it's not hard. But I'm telling you what, it's a good foundation for, for what we believe and what we teach around here. The reason we have that bookstore, really, is so that you will always have access to every one of Brother Hagen's books. It's, it's not to raise money, you know, because it really doesn't. The Tic Tacs and stuff don't even pay for themselves. I keep, I keep the prices low when I'm in the hole, you know, on those things. You know, as you can tell from when you go buy them somewhere else. Uh, but that's okay. We want you to have access to the things that Brother Hagen taught. It changes your life. He puts it, he always puts it in such a way that it's so understandable, you know, that, that you can be successful, you know, but just following what he taught. And that's what this church is all about. We're founded on the principles that, of the word of God, obviously, number one. But just, and Brother Hagen, the teachings that he brought out on these things. So, you know, this is, this is a good place to start. So, number one, step number one to answered prayer. Number one, decide what you want. Well, I'm hungry. That has no bearing on what I'm going to eat if I don't know what I want. I don't know about you, but too many times I've gone through the kitchen and I've gone through almost everything I can lay my hands on and none of it was what I wanted, you know, but it was just there, you know. But you need to decide what you want. You know, there's been this long-standing tradition, in pe- you know, with people, you know, and where I grew up, you know, as you leave, you know, they'd say, y'all pray for me. And Brother Hagin said people used to do that to him. And he'd stop and say, well, what did you want prayer for? And they go, uh, 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 I, I don't know. Just pray. Well, why am I just going to just pray? You know, if they we're really actually talking tonight mostly about, about the prayer petition that when you need something or want something, you need to decide what you want. Go with me to James, first chapter. Y'all be believing God with me that I'm going to be 5-8 without, without this actual step. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to miss this step one day unless I start wearing heels, big heels again. Hallelujah. 
James 1, starting in verse 6, But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. This tells you decisiveness is an important factor. You can't decide today, I want this, but, oh, no, tomorrow I, I change my mind, I want this. Make up your mind what you want. And then, and then you get ready to, to get to a place where you're ready to believe God. We're talking about getting answers here. General praying won't do it. You have to get very specific when you have a need. Somebody who's maybe looking for a spouse. That's, that's great. You know, there's, there's, there's verses you can, you can thank God for bringing someone into your life. You can't decide who. You can't pin your faith on a person. You have to say, God, I need the right person for me. I need, I need this. Sometimes when you're just out looking for a job, you know, you just have to, you know, go, Father, I need a job. Lead my steps. You know, I, I, need, I need a job. You, you know, decide what you want. You know, you, um, so many times, you know, we, we just, we go to, to prayer quicker than we should. We need to get some things lined up and some things locked in. Some listening to our heart, getting some things decided before we go to prayer. Sometimes we jump the gun. And you don't need to jump the gun. This needs to be a very deliberate act when we go into prayer for something. So you have to be specific. Number two, find scriptures that promise the answer you need. Joshua 1.8. Hallelujah. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and you shall have good success. Proverbs. You know where I'm going. Proverbs 4, verse 20. My son, attend to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. You know, my mama had, used to have this little, this little thing that she's kept on the kitchen counter. It looked like the little loaf of bread. And in it was all these little cards that said all the promises of God, you know, in, in this. Well, you know, you can t- it's nice to read them, but do, are they real to you? You know, sometimes when people go to God with a need in prayer, they want to see how many scriptures they can get. Sometimes it's not how many. It's the one that God quickens to your heart that is the important one. The one that regardless of what happens, this is the scripture that keeps coming back to me. This is the scripture that means something to me. This is the scripture I can get a hold of. This is the scripture that promised me, promises me exactly what I need. You know, in Proverbs it says, attend to my words. Listen, the reason you spend time in the word is so that it's, the word is built into you. It's written on your heart. And, and what it does is it prepares us in advance. And um, 
That's so important. You can't wait until there's a need to decide to go find the scriptures. You need to to have a wealth of the scripture on the inside of you so that when something comes your way, you draw out of what's already there. You draw it up. You draw it out. God quickens it to your heart. You don't have to go get your concordance out and go, now, where is that? Where is that? No, you're already familiar with that scripture. You're already familiar with that promise. You're already aware of it. So many times people are not even aware of what God can and wants to do for them. But you have no excuse. You don't. You know, how do you know when you're prepared? When something happens, you know you're prepared if the first thing you think is, what does the word say? Not what am I going to do? Oh, no. No, what does the word say? That's how you know you're prepared. And if you can't say that to yourself, what does the word say? If you can't say that when something comes your way, then I suggest you spend some more time in the word and get yourself ready. Jesus went into the wilderness, confronted the devil, and every time the enemy came at him with something, he said, it is written. It is written. It is written. He didn't have to run back to the temple and grab out the scrolls and go, okay, now where is this? Where did I find this? I think I heard this one time. Oh, did I get it right? No, he knew what the word said. It is written. That's where we need to be. As soon as the enemy shows his head, as soon as a need comes up, as soon as anything happens, you go, it is written. The word says, the word says, the word says. If it's in the word, then you know it belongs to you. If it's not, you don't have a guarantee. Sometimes people want to believe for some of the most outlandish things that they, they think they've, they've got a promise of God for and they really don't. God promises us prosperity. He did not promise you would win the lottery. He did not promise you'd win the, the Reader's Digest, Publisher's Clearinghouse, or whatever, sweepstakes. You think, that's funny. Somebody did that a number of years ago. They said, Pastor, I'm going to win the, the sweepstakes, the Publisher's Clearinghouse sweepstakes. I'm, I've claimed it. It's mine. And we're going, no. You know, <laughs> you can't have any confidence in the Publisher's Clearinghouse sweepstakes. But you can have confidence in the fact that God said he would bless you, that he would supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's what he said. Prosperity, financial blessing, provision, they're all yours. You know, what happens is when we put the word in us, it builds confidence in us. It builds our trust in God because he does not change. According to Hebrews 13, 8, he's got, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means his father is just, he's just like his father. So our father God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In Proverbs eleven twelve, it says, my word will not return void. Many people don't know the will of the father because they haven't even seen it in the word. It's, it's, it's unbelievable to me that people can still think that God does not always heal when it clearly, clearly, clearly says over and over again, 
and points out and is demonstrated by the life and the ministry of Jesus that it's always God's will to heal. Always. But people don't seem to know that because they haven't found time to find the scripture and put it in their heart. Number three, ask God for the things you want. Well, now that seems pretty simple, but you know, a lot of times people don't. Well, God knows. Uh, God knows. I, I'm just in trouble. I need help. Well, you know, in Matthew 6, 8, it says, The Father knows the things you have need of before you ask. James 4, 2 says, You have not because you ask not. God doesn't want you just to kind of come around and whine to him and expect him to meet your needs. Or go, well, I really need this. I really need this. I remember, you know, my kids used to come, come around and say, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I said, okay, you're hungry. And I was waiting on them to ask me for something. See, a lot of Christians do that to God. They want to come tell him how they're feeling, what's going on. But they don't stop to ask him. Ask. Ask him for what you need. John 16, 23 says, Whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Sometimes our problem comes not in the asking, but in we get caught up in the how is it going to happen. You know, the how is not that important. Let God handle the how. He's got some marvelously ingenious ways of getting what you need to you. Ways that I would never even think of. Ways I wouldn't have never considered. Avenues that I thought, wow, that, how, where'd that come from? That's kind of an out of the blue kind of a thing. You know, but, but we, we, need to, we need to get to a place where we ask in specific ways. Um, many people don't really know what belongs to them already in salvation. All they know is they're going to heaven. But God has so much more for them. That's part of the vision of this church is to let people know what their inheritance is. To let them know that God has provided healing and salvation and preservation and, and freedom from pain and freedom from fear and freedom from depression. and free, I mean, victory of every kind belongs to But they don't even seem to understand that. People have to know that. They won't, they won't ask for what they already have if they don't know what they have. And, um, you know, it just, uh, it amazes me sometimes that, that people go along and just, you just, you know, having a pity party or whatever, and all you got to do is take the time to stop and follow the steps to get your prayers answered. Just get before God and take these steps. That's all you have to do. Number four. Believe that you receive. Mark 11. Oh, of course we had to go there at some point, didn't we? Mark eleven twenty three. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in their heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. This tells me that God is interested in not just our needs being met, but our desires being met. 
And it's really incumbent upon us to make sure that our desires line up with the Word of God. That they're in, they're in line with what's good and acceptable and pleasing to the Lord. What's good for one person is not necessarily good for another person. What one person can handle, another person may not be able to. You need, you need to be asking for those things. Let God put desires in your heart. You know, there's a lot of people who criticize people like us for the name it and claim it and blab it and grab it gospel. Well, you know what? You can name it and claim it. You can blab it and grab it. You can have what you say. You know, when you put these things into practice, part of what you're going to put into practice is been to speak, the, speak that word that you've taken into your heart. And, and that clearly says that right here. Uh, Brother Hagan put it like this. There's a difference between sense knowledge and revelation truth. Sense knowledge truth versus revelation truth. The person who's just sense, sensory oriented, who strictly goes by what their senses tell them, what they can hear, see, taste, touch, smell. You know, they're all about what, what this physical indicators are in a situation. Listen, we have to get beyond the physical ind- indicators. That has nothing to do with it. Has absolutely nothing to do with it. But in Ephesians 1.13, it says that he's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Your blessings arrive in the spirit realm before they arrive in the physical realm. And revelation truth has got to come to you so that you grab a hold of that regardless of what your physical senses tell you. Second Corinthians 5, 7 says, We walk by faith and not by sight. Romans 10, 17, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 4, 17 talks about calling those things which be not as though they were. Without faith, we know this scripture in Hebrews, without faith it's impossible to please God. You know, you have to believe that you receive. I, I just almost said something I think I'm going to get to in a, in, in a minute. You need number five, refuse to doubt. Refuse to doubt. You know, it's possible to have doubt in your head and faith in your heart. Brother Hagan put it like this one time. He said, you, you, can't, you can't stop the birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from making a nest in your hair. You know, those old Texas colloquialisms sometimes are such good things to just remember because you can have things going all around, but in here you're just settled. It's just settled. It's settled. Yeah, all this nonsense is here. I remember when, when PG was a baby, and uh, he was probably around two years old, and... Um, he uh, started running a fever, a really high fever one weekend. And it would go way up. And I'm talking way up, like between 104, 105. And an hour or so later, it'd go down. And then we think everything's great. And then it would spike back up, and it would go down. And it would spike back up, and it would go down. And on Monday morning, I called the doctor's office. And I said, listen, I need to bring him in. This is what's going on. So they said, come, come on. And uh, so we, we went to the doctor's office. And by the time we got to the doctor's office, he had no fever at all. And I went, folks, I know how to read a thermometer. I promise you. His temperature an hour ago was 104.2. And they went, okay. So the doctor came in. He kind of looked him over. He went out of the room and he came back in. He goes, you're going to the hospital. I'm going, what? What do you mean we're going to the hospital? He goes, 
A child who's spiking a fever like this over the course of a couple of days, something serious is going on. Let's get him to the hospital. We're going to find out what it is. They got him to the hospital. They told us he had spinal meningitis. So I called Pastor. He was you know, working with the phone company at the time. And uh, he, he got over there. And the doctor came in. And he goes, you do realize this is life-threatening. And we're going, I mean, I mean, what? And here, lo and behold, now he developed pneumonia. So now they've got him in an oxygen tent. I don't know if you remember those. I don't know if they still do those kind of big tent things anymore like they used to do. But now they've got him in an oxygen tent. And, I mean, he looked pitiful. He took the day off from work, and he got before God. And you know what? You know, during that time, I remember him, him talking about this later. He said, you know, the enemy was just bombarding him constantly in his mind that this child is going to die. This child is going to die. But inside, he knew he had. He knew he had it. He knew he had it. He knew victory was ours. He, he knew. I'm not sure that I was really serving God all that much at the time. Uh, in fact, as I know I wasn't. You know, but, but daddy's faith got a hold of God, got a hold of the scripture that was already on the inside of him. And the faith that, that, that was there could not be swayed by the doubt the enemy was swirling around in his head, you know, and, and just bombarding him with, no, 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 I know what the word says. I know what the word says. And uh, this is what Brother Hagin wrote this. He said, our thoughts are governed by observation. Associ- oh, let me go back to my story. They told us he'd be in the hospital at least 10 days. He was out in five. At the end of five days, they sent us home. The pneumonia had cleared up. The, the spinal taps were, were coming back clear, and they're going, well, it must not have been meningitis. It doesn't happen that fast. And we're just going, it's okay, whatever you think. No problem. But this is what Brother Hagin said. Our thoughts are governed by observation, association, and teachings. We must guard against every evil thought and doubt that comes into our mind. We must stay away from all places and things that do not support our confession that God has answered our prayer. James 4, 7 says, resist the devil and he will flee. Isaiah 26, 3. Let's go there real quick. Isaiah 26, verse 3. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. He will keep him in perfect peace. Now go with me to Psalm 112. I tell you, I love this, this verse. I definitely have used this over the years in some situations. Psalm 112, verse 7. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. God ever got a bad report? Did it sway you? He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. I've got written here, I've got some mighty small notes in here, that word fixed. Make firm or secure. Fasten so as to be immovable. Verse 8, his heart is established. Goes back to having the word in your heart on the inside. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. The New, uh, New International Version says his heart is secure. He will have no fear. His heart is secure. Listen, 
you need to stay away from places and things and people who do not agree with the word. When you're believing God for something, you need to separate yourself from the people who would help the enemy bring doubt into that situation. I came home from the hospital after having cancer surgery in 2002. I went into that surgery knowing that God had said to me surgery would take care of it. I left the hospital with 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 an understanding from the doctor that it was already in my lymph nodes and I was going to have to have chemo. I came home that day and I said, Now, God, I thought you told me. I was sure you told me that surgery would take care of it. And the answer I got was, what makes you think it didn't? They took out two out of 30 lymph nodes. Only two were positive. Only two. What makes you think it didn't take care of it? I went, yes, sir. So I was firmly convinced at that point. Hey, I'll go ahead and do your chemo, but I'm already, I'm, 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 it's already fine. It's already fine. I have somebody, a relative, who called. Very, very wonderful, wonderful person. Love them. You know, very dear to my heart. But they don't know what I know. And so when I told them, I'm healed, you know, God has taken care of me. This is fine. It's going to be great. They said, now, I don't want you to get your hopes up. Because, you know, God doesn't always heal the way you think he's going to. Got off the phone, told Pastor that. And he goes, don't talk to them anymore. Don't talk to them anymore. Don't have another conversation with them until, until this is everything is over and done with. You hear me? And I went, yeah, I heard you. <laughs> but you know what? You, you, you need to separate yourself from those kind of people. A very dear lady I knew years ago was one of my Sunday school teachers when I was growing up, came down with cancer. And she, she was actually really a, a woman who was in the Word. She, was, she had hooked up into Brother Hagin's material. She was really on fire. For but as she, was, as she was getting worse, People surrounded her with talk that, you know, sometimes God chooses not to heal. Sometimes we don't get healed the way we think. Sometimes, you know, just going to heaven is is really God's method of healing. And she died. She didn't have to die. She should have put those people out. Just like when Jesus came in there and he put people out. Just put them out. If they can't be a a partner with you in faith, out. Say goodbye. Get out. Hallelujah. Uh, You need to be in the right church. You know, somebody can sit in a church like here, this one, for years, hearing that God's will is always to heal. And then for some reason, whatever the reason is, decide to go to church somewhere else. It's amazing when I go back in a few months and I happen to run into them, the difference and what I hear out of their mouth, the difference I hear. And I'm just going, how quickly they lost hold of what they had at one time. It makes, it can cost you your life. So I'm going to tell you, be sure you're in the right church. Every, there are a lot of good churches, but this is the church where God put you. Let me just ask you, is it the church God put you in? Yeah, but I don't like this and I don't like this. Yeah, but this is the church God put you in. Yeah, but I don't have this, or I, they don't have that. And this other church is doing more missions. And, and they're, this is, they have these outreaches, and they have this prison ministry, and they have this. And da, da, da. Yeah, but is that where you're supposed to be? If God puts you somewhere, 
it's not likely he's going to tell you to leave and go somewhere else unless you move. Moving is a good reason to find a new church. But unless you move, you better be, you better be real sure that's God talking to you. God is not usually a person who takes a hand and puts it down there on your foot. He doesn't take your big toe and put it up here by your ear. He puts some people there, and that's where they're supposed to stay. They may not like where they're staying for one reason or another. But did God put you there? You stay put. That's my rabbit trail for the moment. Sorry. Uh, Number six, meditate on the promises. Back to Proverbs 4, 20, verse 22. Attend to my words. Let's go back and read it again. Proverbs 4, verse 20. My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. You have to meditate on the promises that God has given you. And what he said, sometimes he will take a, a, a verse and, and that will become big on the inside of you. And sometimes it's a word from God that you've got. But that word that you, that you got from, from, from the Spirit will line up with the word that's in this written page. Don't try to make something out that, to say that God said when he couldn't possibly have said it because it doesn't agree. Too many times people do that. See, see yourself in possession of what you have asked for. We talked about this a few weeks ago. You know, we talked about imaginations. You have to see yourself with whatever that thing is that, you pray, that you've prayed and asked for. You have to see it. Now, I do, I, you, you make plans according to the manifestation. You know, when, this is what I'm planning. This, these are, this, this, is what, this is what's going to happen now. This is mine. I can, I can make plans based on what I know I have received from God. However, there are some things you do need to understand If you're praying about prosperity, do not go out and write a check for money you do not have in your bank account. That's called a bad thing. (laughs) You can go to jail for that. There was a pastor friend of ours who who had had a guest minister in, and he came to him after church, and he said, got good news and bad news. And he goes, okay, what's the good news? He goes, you got $100,000, and the church got $100,000. He goes, oh, and he got real excited. He goes, bad news is this lady ain't got no money in the bank. She's believing God to, to win on, on some lottery ticket. No, don't do that. Stand on the word. Hallelujah. You know, it's easy to let go sometimes if, if it's taking a while. It's easy to let go. Stop that. You just go back and you rehearse all these different things. You go back and you say, I decided what I want. I found the scriptures that give me the promises that I need. I've asked God. I believe that I receive. I am not in doubt. I'm meditating on the word. This is what's happening, period. Don't let go. And number seven, give God the praise. Philippians 4, 6. Y'all going to have to stay with me an extra couple of minutes. I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. That's a biggie that a lot of people fail to, re- to understand. You pray, you, you believe it, you receive, and then you thank God. Don't keep asking God for the same thing. 
when you keep asking, you keep going back and asking for the same thing because you haven't gotten it yet, it's like saying, God, you didn't do it. You, you, didn't, you didn't hear me. God's not hard of hearing. He doesn't have spiritual Alzheimer's. You know, he knows what you asked for. He's working on it. He's already working on it. But you know, what brings it into manifestation so many times is Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. That is, the, that is the thing that fires this thing to work. I mean, it's the fuel that goes into it. You know, just keep thanking God. Just keep thanking God. You don't need to pray again. If you follow the steps, you don't need to pray again. You just need to thank God on a regular basis. On a regular basis. Hallelujah. Don't accept defeat in prayer. Don't be denied. Andrew Murray put it this way. He said, it is not in good taste to ask God for the same thing over and over again. If, when you do pray for something that has not materialized, don't pray for it in the same way, because that would be an unbelief. Remind God that you asked for it and what his word says and tell him you were expecting it, then thank him for it. Many times we need to go back and say, okay, now, Lord, is there something I missed? Is there something I need to add to this? Is there some, something that I should, you know, that's connected to this that I should pray about? Sometimes you just need to pray in the spirit because you may not have any way of knowing that there's an issue that's connected to it. Praying in the Holy Ghost is good. Sometimes it's just something you need to add. When we were building the house, you know, I was determined to be in that house by June 1st. And things were not looking like we were going to make it, you know. And, uh, and so I, I was reminded of a scripture in Nehemiah that said the people had a mind to work. It was talking about the, the, the wall. The people had a mind to work. So I customized that. The people have a mind to work on my house. Sometimes you can, take, you can customize something. There's nothing wrong with that. Because it's in line with the word. These people were building the wall. I had contractors who were building my house. I needed them to get busy. I needed them to get finished. The people have a mind to work on my house. And once we started doing that, then it was like there was almost no downtime in the construction process. Somebody was always there. Something was always happening. Something was always And we moved in by June 1st. Hallelujah. Um, I, I was reminded... Uh, was, I don't know, it was maybe, maybe it was uh, during prayer on Monday night about a song that we, we sang when I was growing up. Now, maybe some of you remember this song. Maybe you don't. But this is not the song you need to, to adhere to when it comes to having a successful prayer life. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about our troubles. He will hear our faintest cry. He will answer by and by. Now, when you feel a little prayer wheel turning, then you'll know a little fire is burning. You will find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Bah humbug. You're not going to have a little talk with Jesus. He's not going to answer it by and by. If you will follow these steps, you will have a power-packed prayer life and answers always. Don't get pulled in. You see, this is what tradition teaches. He'll answer by and by when he feels like it. You know, if you remember Daniel, Daniel prayed, and, and after a while, the angel showed up, and he said, Daniel, from the very first words that you spoke, your words were heard, and I was sent, I was sent right then, but the, the enemy withstood me. You know, sometimes it's just a matter of standing. 
just a matter of standing. But um, you're not going to feel a little prayer wheel turning. There's not going to be a little fire burning. Listen, when the fire of God gets on the inside of you, it ain't no little fire. It ain't no little fire. It's a big fire, an all-consuming fire. He answers us as soon as we ask in faith. The answer is on its way. So just as a review, the seven steps are, and it just felt like somebody needed this. I don't, I don't know why, but somebody needed to decide what you want. Find scriptures that promise the answer you need. Ask God for the things you want. Believe that you receive. Refuse to doubt. Meditate on the promises and give God the praise. You do that. It says in James, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.